0: If you would, go to Proverbs 23 with me tonight, Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23. I just want to read one verse in your hearing here, and then we're going to go backwards a little bit to Proverbs chapter 3. Excuse me, Proverbs chapter, yeah, Proverbs chapter 3. If you're in Proverbs 24, if you're there, stand to your feet for the reading of God's Word, I appreciate that. If you're able to, Proverbs 24. I'm going to start our reading in verse 26. Proverbs 24 and verse 26. It says, My son, give, my, give me thine heart. Let me say that again. My son, give me thine heart, and let thine eyes observe my ways. And if you would hold your place there and go to Proverbs chapter 3, I believe it is. Proverbs 3. Excuse me, Proverbs 4. I was right. Proverbs 4. just want to read a few verses here. And then we'll start to preach. Proverbs 4. And let's start our reading in verse 20. My son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. Now look what it says in verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on, and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. You may be seated, but I'd like for you to pray with us if you would. Father, we just love you tonight. We thank you for what has already taken place, Lord. We thank you for this privilege of standing behind the sacred desk once again. Lord, I do pray, Father, that you'll make preaching preaching tonight. Lord, I pray that you'll make my lips that of a ready writer's pen and guard my lips against anything that's unscriptural. Father, I pray that we'll deliver our heart to your people here tonight. Lord, I pray that they'll be blessed. and Father, most of all, I pray it will be a blessing to you. Father, let us glorify you. Let us worship you in spirit and in truth. I feel like we've already done that here tonight, but... Lord, I surely know you'd have us to do it even more. Father, I do pray for our dear pastor, Lord, that you'll touch him as he's up in Kingston. Lord, give him power. Give him utterance, Lord. I pray that you'll give him souls for his labor. As Brother Laddie has already said, Lord, give him traveling mercies as he heads back home. Bring him back to his flock safely, Lord. Look forward to seeing what the Lord's going to do with, this, uh, with the man of God this next Sunday morning, Father. I pray that you'll touch there. Prepare hearts for that as, as well. Lord, again, we do love you. We certainly do thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' precious and lovely name. Amen and amen. As you turn back to Proverbs chapter 24 with me just very quickly, or 23, excuse me. I want you to notice that one verse that we read in your hearing in verse 26 where it says, My son, give me thine heart and let mine eyes observe my ways. It's interesting. I've read in your hearing tonight, I've read in guarding your heart and giving away your heart. And both those are principles that we need to live by daily. We need to guard our heart, of course, but also we need to give our heart as well. Right. And what I want to look at here in verse 26 and then we'll head to verse uh, chapter 4 there. I want to look at this thing of giving our heart to the Lord, giving our heart to to the Lord. He says, my son, give me thine heart. So we see here in the first phrase there, we see there is a relationship there. He says, my son, my son. The Lord Jesus Christ wants your heart. Of course, he wants your heart in this thing of salvation. But here's the thing, folks. Our heart is desperately wicked, and who shall know it? Uh, Our heart, I I believe I'm saying amongst a crowd that you know who you are, you're familiar with who you are, we know that we're just sinners, we know that we're still zeros with a rim kicked off, basically apart from God, we are what we are by the grace of God. Without Him, we are nothing, we realize that, we realize we're just sinners saved by grace. We realize that our heart needs to be given to Him daily. He wants us to uh, basically just say, here Lord, have my heart again today, you use it for your glory and your honor. So we're to do that. But I like it there. That speaks of relationship. I, I'm thankful to report to you tonight because of what Jesus did. I have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ tonight. If you're a child of God tonight, you've got a relationship with the Lord. It reminds you again, he wants a personal relationship with you. Not some uh, distant relationship. He wants a personal relationship with you. Very simple thought tonight, but it speaks again of here. This is speaking of relation, my son. Now, like in Galatians 3.26, 26, where it says, For ye are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. 1 John 3, 1, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, That we should be called the sons of God. I like that word bestowed. Brother Brian, I like word studies. The Bible is made up of words. If you want to really get into the meat of the word and study it out, study those words and what they mean. You may already think you know what a word means, but folks, look it up. And I tell you, it's amazing, Brother Andrew, what God will do when you look those words up. I looked at the word bestow up. I wanted to know, what does it mean? I kind of had an idea, but to bestow means to give. It's to write or an honor. It's an honor. It is an honor and a privilege to be a child of God tonight. It's an honor. Realize who, to whom you belong tonight. You belong to the, the one that owns a cattle on a thousand hills, the ones that owns those hills, the one that owns everything. You belong to him tonight. You are a child of privilege tonight. Isn't that a blessing? There's some things that I'm privileged to be a part of because I'm a gill wreath. There's some things. Now, there ain't a whole lot, but I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to throw off on my parents. What I'm saying is I do have some privileges because I'm a Gilreath. I have privileges you know, with different things. But think about the privileges that we have as a child of God. we got a privilege to worship, to worship the Lord, a privilege to walk in His will, to read His Word. We're privileged, folks, is what we are. Don't lose sight of whose child that you are. I believe we live below our privilege many times. I believe we live a question mark type life, and we ought to be living an exclamation point type life. We're living just life, but not life more abundantly. And God has called us. He's given us life, and not just life, but life, what? More abundantly. I think we just live sometimes just kind of just, just to get along, but God doesn't want us to live that way. He wants us to live in an abundant, victorious Christian life. Yeah. So we see there there is a relationship, my son. It, it, when I read that verse in 1 John 3, 1, where it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. I automatically thought back to Romans 5, verse 8, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I tell you what, it, it blows my mind and it, and it helps my heart tonight to believe and to know and to understand that, that God knew me when he was on the cross. He knew me, and here's the thing, folks, think about this for a minute. In while, in while we were yet sinners, Christ loved us. and while we were yet sinners. Yeah. That means, Brother Daniel, that he knew every time that I would fail him. He knew every time that I'd be unfaithful to him, every time that I would fail before him, or that I would sin before him. But yet, he still loved me. But I looked that word up, commend, because it sounded an awful lot like that word bestowed. That word commend, that means to entrust, to to give for preservation is what it means. And that's what God has given. He's given our love uh, so we can preserve it, that so we can take care of it. But there is a relationship here, my son, but also there, here, it speaks of, there is a request, my son, give me. Verse 26, my son, give me. He's asking for something. He's making a request of something. He's making a request tonight of us to give us his heart, or give us our heart, excuse me. So we see there, there's the request, but with this request, give me, notice there, Give me, not give everybody else, but give me thine heart. Now I understand in the, in the context here, this could be, this could be Solomon t- uh, talking to Rehoboan or it could, be, it could be David talking, David and Bathsheba actually talking to, to Solomon. It could be either one of those really. But here really truly, we need to look at this verse 26 as our heavenly father, our Abba father, our Papa, Papa speaking to me and you, give me thine heart. What has your heart tonight? I I want to ask that question. If you don't get anything else out of this service tonight, get this. What is it that has your heart tonight? Something sits upon the throne of your heart, whether it be yourself or whether it be the Savior. What is it that has your heart? Say, well, preacher, of course it's the Lord Jesus Christ. I gave him my heart in this thing of salvation. I trusted him. But Let me ask you this. Has there been things sneaking in your life that has gained back that heart? There's been things that have come, and and, and you know the wiles and and, and the the subtlety of of Satan, how that he's trying. What he's trying to do is he's trying to steal back that heart. He wants that heart. you see, if he's got it, you can't serve God wholly with everything that's within you. You can't love the Lord your God with all your soul, your heart, and your mind. if, If Satan's got your heart and all of his devices and his ways and things, So there's a relationship and there's a request. There needs to be a willingness to give me. It says, give me. He's not trying to take my heart, Brother Brian. He's not forcibly saying, give me me your heart right now. I'm taking it from you. If you don't give it to me, I'm going to take it back from you. That's not what he says. He says, give me. He's waiting on me and you to present to him that which belongs to him in the first place. That which is His to begin with. Is there anything that's, a, that's a me and you that does not belong to the Lord? Folks, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. The Bible still says, God, and God created. He created us. And why did He create us, folks? He didn't create us for ourselves. He didn't create us so we could sit upon the, the throne of our own lives. He created us to serve Him, to worship Him. So there must be a willingness to give I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what? Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto the Lord, which is watch your reads in the book service. He's saying, I want you to present, I want you to yield. That's the same word over in Romans chapter 6. Let's move to this next one. This is this, I'm trying to get through the introduction as fast as I can. There's not only the speaks uh, of a relationship, you're talking about giving your heart to the Lord, giving your heart to your Heavenly Father. There's a request. With a request there, it must be a willingness here. But also here I see a warning as well. And, and I really want you to pay close attention to this. There is a warning here. And, and if anything, Solomon knew what he was talking about here. Solomon was the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth, apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. He was wise. And he knew what he was talking about. If you would go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Hold your place here. Excuse me. And... Proverbs 24, but go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. I'm talking about giving your heart. Now, there's a warning here that we see in Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Now, the book of Ecclesiastes, if you know anything about it at all, uh, you'll see the phrase under the sun mentioned some 29 times. What that simply means is this. It means apart from God, with God out of the picture, Would you believe that it is possible as a child of God, and I won't say as a Christian, because Christian Christian is Christ-like, but it is possible as a child of God for you to walk under the sun. What I mean by that is just apart from God. I say this, I've been there and I've done that. Brother Danny, I've been there and I've done that, and I know how it feels, and it doesn't feel good walking away from God. By the way, you can be a pastor of an independent fundamental Baptist church and walk away from God. You can be on the front chairs in the front pew of a good, uh, a wonderful church. You can be a part of Bible Baptist Church, which I believe is one of the best churches in the world. And you can backslide on God. You can do it. We've seen it with our own eyes and heartbrokenly. We've watched people sit under the tremendous preaching and hear the tremendous singing and testifying and all this and yet still see them walk out of the house of God. There's a warning here. In chapters 1 through 11, he gives us the under the sun, God out of the picture. In chapter 12, he gives us the above the sun, God in the picture. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and, and love His keep His commandments. There we go. I knew it would come to me. But look here at these warnings real quickly here. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Look at verse 12 with me. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 12. I, the preacher, was king over Israel and in Jerusalem, in Jerusalem. Now look what it says in verse 13. And I gave my heart to seek and search out by wisdom concerning all things that are done under heaven. This sword travail hath God given to the sons of men to be exercised therewith. If you would skip down to verse 16, it says, I communed with mine mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. Look what it says in verse 17, and and I gave my heart to know wisdom and to know madness and folly. if you would go over to chapter 2, Chapter 2, it says, and I said in my heart, go to now, I will prove thee with myrrh. Therefore, enjoy pleasure and behold, this also is vanity. Verse 3, I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine, yet uh, acquainting mine heart with wisdom and to lay hold on folly. And, and I could, I can stop for sake of time, I'll stop the reading right now. But he just basically goes, Brother Andrew, and says, I've done everything that I wanted to do. I withheld nothing from myself. I gave my heart to everything. Basically, what he did is this. He gave his heart to learning, to laughter, to ladies, to luxuries, to liquor, to labor. He gave his heart to everything. He withheld nothing from himself. He lived under the sun. He lived as wretched as a man could live. Folks, there's a warning to me and you tonight not to live this way not to give our heart again I gave my heart I communed with my heart I spoke with my heart I, I said in my heart yeah. you better be careful about communing with your own heart yes, sir. Yes. Yes, sir. be careful about that he gave himself to pride to passion excuse me and profits and pleasure all those different things let's go back if you would here we've looked at the warning if you would go back to Proverbs 24 with me very quickly So we've looked at there's a relationship. He said, my son, give thine heart. There's a relationship. Then there's a request. Give me thine heart. Now look at this. There is a requirement here. He says this, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. Now when it speaks of observe my ways, it just simply means delight in my ways is what it's speaking of there. Now what we see here is where we want to run if we can We want to run back to Proverbs chapter 4. I appreciate you, if anything, you want to learn the books of the Bible tonight. I'm turning you all over the place, but we'll keep you in Proverbs, I guess. Proverbs 4. So we've looked at this thing of giving our heart to the Lord. Now let's look at this thing of keeping or guarding our heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out out of it are the issues of life. So how do we go about that? How do we go about this thing of keeping and guarding our heart? And by the way, this is not just for the young. I, I kind of said to myself, I wasn't arguing with the Lord, but I was kind of just saying, well, you know, who do I gear the message toward tonight? And I thought, well, you know what, I can kind of gear it toward the, the young folks, but really this is something for all of us, all ages. No matter where you are in Christ tonight, this is for us because we all need to guard our heart. I make it a habit and, and, and I appreciate the, the men of God that have, have went before us and, and even the, the, the men that are in here tonight that are faithful to stand and testify about the goodness and graces of God. I appreciate them and I make it a habit, Brother really, Andrew, to be around them. By the way, you need to make it all. You young folks need to make it a habit of getting around those, those older saints of God, those more, more well-seasoned saints of God. Get around them, glean from them, learn from them. But I have never one time, Brother Brian, talked to an older saint of God, whether it be a sister or a brother, whoever they may be. And Brother Lady, I've never had them say this, I've got the flesh whooped. Oh, no. Never one time. Oh, really? I've never one time talked to them and them said, you know what, I've reached a point in my life, I've reached an age where my flesh is pretty much under subjection, under submission. No. You know why? Because it ain't so. Because as long as you're in this flesh, you're capable of about anything, folks. You better not get to saying what you won't do in your flesh, because you're capable of doing anything in this flesh. Yeah. So let's look here. Keep thy heart with all diligence. So, how do we do that? First thing we need to do is this: we need to recognize the treasure that is our heart. There is a treasure and that treasure being your heart. Why would it say keep thy heart or you could say guide thy heart. I'm not changing the King James uh, English at all here when when I say guard to keep thy heart. Guard thy heart. And why would he say with all diligence? He's saying this is because there's something to guard and that is the treasure that is your heart. So God has given us. We need to guard it. Again, why would it say with all diligence? That just simply means this. That communicates to us a priority. We need to make it a priority to to guard our heart. Make sure you understand of how valuable your heart is. If you start thinking about how valuable, and of course you know I'm not talking about that uh, 8, 9, 10, 11 ounce ball of... Uh, Sinew and blood and vessels that is within you I'm talking about what you are The seed of your emotions, your will, everything That's what your heart is As a man thinketh in his heart so is he That's what we're speaking about here Your heart is all that you are it, it, you, you make decisions with your heart you do, you do everything with your heart And by the way in the heart it's mentioned some 823 times In your King James Bible And a majority of those times It's not talking about the physical heart It's talking about who you are the Lord desires truth in the inward parts. That's in your heart, is what it speaks of. Right. Let's go a little further. Not only to recognize the treasure that is your heart, but also this, we're to prioritize the task. Prioritize the task. So, preacher, what do you mean by that? Make guarding your heart a priority. I've already kind of spoken about it here in the other point, but again, make it a priority. Out of all the Christ-like disciplines, this should be the top priority. As much as prayer is something that we ought to do as a child of God, as much as being faithful to the house of God is a priority, that is a priority. But we need to make guarding our heart a priority. See, out of it are the issues of, of life. See, here's the thing. If you don't guard your heart, you're not going to have a hunger for that word of God. If you don't guard your heart and you let everything in the world into your heart, you're not going to want to be faithful to the house of God. So what, it, what happens is we've got to get to the, the very basis of this thing and we've got to start guarding our heart and not let everything in the world grab hold of our heart. So prioritize the task of guarding your heart, protecting your heart, doing everything you can. So how do we do this? How do we protect our heart? We minimize the trash that comes into our heart. We minimize the trash. And I really, Brother Brian, even hesitated to use the word minimize because it, it, it makes it sound like tonight that some garbage is acceptable. And i just be absolutely honest with you tonight. No garbage should be allowed. There shouldn't be, well, I can, uh, Brother Laddie, I can let just a little bit of garbage in. Uh, let me ask you this. If you've got a drink and you put just a little bit of arsenic in it, what's going to happen? You're going to die because you've defiled it. We have this idea today that we can ease up as close. And I can't remember what, man, of God it might have been Brother Barnes that preached about how that we get so close to the line when it comes to this thing. We're not sinning, but we're getting really close to the line. We're getting real, we're easing up close to it. We're kind of snuggling up to it. Sometimes I believe as a church, I believe that we're getting used to the dark sometimes. We get so close to it. What fellowship hath Christ with Belial? What fellowship hath light with darkness? Folks, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Have no fellowship with the works of darkness. We're not to fellowship with them. We're not to get close to them. Minimize the trash. Now, how do we do this? Look what it says in the very verse below, verse 23, it says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. But look what it says in verse 24. Aren't you glad that God gives us instruction in his word? I'm so glad, Brother Daniel, I'm glad that it's one of those things where he didn't didn't make me scratch my head and say, well, how in the world do I do that? You've given me this commandment and and I don't know how to keep it. He gives us the means, the motive, and the way to keep this commandment. And how, what does he start out? Put away, put away. And then he goes on and says, put away from thee a forward mouth a perverse lips. Put far from thee, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. He goes on and says, ponder the path of thy feet. Uh, And let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Let's go through these very quickly. How do we minimize the trash? Again, talking about this thing of guarding our heart, guarding that treasure which is our heart. We recognize the treasure. We prioritize the task. We need to minimize the trash. And how do we do that? First off, we do this by governing our speech. Govern your speech. Or we can look at it this way, a cautious mouth. A cautious mouth. We could spend some time tonight and go over to the Book of James and, and look at what James says about the tongue. And there's a reason, by the way, that God put it in a cold, wet place behind two pearly gates. and by the way, He didn't give you lips to be bumpers to run people down with. He didn't give us the ability to speak so that we could run one another down. and I, I, I'm so thankful to be a part of a church where I don't feel like that's going on. I really don't. I, I thank God for that. What a blessing it is. But what does the Bible say? Proverbs 16, 28, A forward mouth soweth strife, and a a whisperer separateth chief friends. If you would go to Proverbs 15 with me. Proverbs 15, again, talking about how do we guard our heart? We do it by governing our speech. Put away from me forward mouth, and perverse lips put far from me. Proverbs 15, let's look here. Again, we see Solomon giving his advice here. And, giving some instruction. Let me say it that way. What does it say in verse 1? A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise useth knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools poureth out foolishness. What does it say in verse 4? A wholesome tongue is a a tree of life, but perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit. Verse 7, the lips of the wise disperse knowledge, but the heart of the foolish doth not so. Go to verse 28 with me. The heart of the righteous studieth to answer. But the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Folks, we're to guard and govern, govern your speech. Have a very cautious mouth. When somebody says something to you, and 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 they speak to you, and maybe you you it it hits you a wrong way. I'm only one that sometimes somebody will say something to me and it'll hit me the wrong way. But I have to stop. You've got to stop for just a moment. You know, there's a reason God gave us two ears and one mouth. We're to listen twice as much as we speak. But I'm so afraid that many times what happens is this. We're so quick to shoot off at the mouth. Can I just say it that way? That's, that's saying mountain language. It's just We just run off at the mouth sometimes. We need to stop for a moment and ponder and sit and think about it. And the Bible tells us that. Stop and think before you give an answer. And think about this too, folks. Do the words that you speak, do they minister grace to the hearers? Ephesians 4 29 let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth but that which is good to the use of edifying that it may minister grace unto the hearers does it edify, does it build up, does it minister grace what you say does it minister grace I feel like we waste so many words, I really do I feel like we just waste words we just talk too much I was told one time that uh, I'm one of those nervous talkers am I the only one that does that nervous talker Come on, you can smile at me, you can wave at me. I know you, you're a nervous talker. And I had a job where I was in and out of hospitals working on copiers and fax machines and my boss came to me one day and it wasn't that I had bad things to say. I wasn't being perverse or anything like that. It was just the simple fact that I was just talking too much. I was trying to be too social. I don't know how this illustration fits in here but anyway, what I'm saying is is, is just guard your mouth. Sometimes God just wants you to be still and just be quiet sometimes. And think about things. Think about what you talk about. Think about what you say. I just told on myself, didn't I? (laughs) Minimize the trash. Govern your speech. Matthew 12, 34 says, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. You know, I can tell a lot about you by what you talk about, by your conversation, what you speak, what you say. You know, what is in the well comes up in the bucket? What is in the well comes up in the bucket. Whenever you're shaken up, what comes out of you? Is it grace? Is it something that edifies you or, is it, or edifies God, excuse me, or edifies those that are listening to you or is it something that is perverse and something that's forward? I like having a good time. I like jokes, but I like clean jokes. See, that's the difference. When I was lost, I like dirty jokes, but when I'm saved, when God created a new creature in me, I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus, I, I, like, I like humor. Me and you banter about all the time. I enjoy that. We have a good time with it. Others... But there's a line. you got to know when to be serious. you got to know when to put away foolish things. Put away those things and, and, and get, get serious about the things of God. Let me look at this next one. Not only governor's your speech, but also this. Which speaks of a cautious mouth. But also it says, if you would go back to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs 4, excuse me. So we said, put away from thee a forward mouth. And that forward just means crooked and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on. We see here that we're to guard your sight. For us to keep our hearts and guard our hearts, we need to guard our sight. This is a entranceway to our heart. These two eyes. What you put, mine eye affecteth mine heart. Mine eye affecteth mine heart. That's Lamentations 351. Mine eyes affecteth mine heart. Excuse me. What you put before you affects... The way you act, it affects your attitude. We live in a world today. All these shootings, these mass shootings. Every every single one of them can go back to the fact that these individuals have played violent video games or watched violent movies. You can't sit and watch people get murdered and splattered all over a screen and expect to be pure in heart. But yet, sometimes we, even good Christian families, will excuse it and say it's just entertainment. No, folks, it's not just entertainment. That entertainment can lead to to wicked and vile and gross things. It wasn't three months ago, three months ago, Brother Laddie, I buried my baby brother, 28 years old. One of the reasons my own mother confessed to me the other day and just talking is, as you can imagine, the, the little mother has regrets. She has a lot of regrets. The whole family has regrets right now. What she said to me She said, Jason, me and your daddy, let him, let Justin, sit back in his room unattended to with that door closed and we let him play video games and it took him over. It was his life. It was his life. That's what he lived to do, Brother Barnes. He lived to watch that stuff, to watch that garbage. And all that went into his mind. And this is what happened to him. He did not fear death. That's why he got involved with drugs. He did not fear death. There was nothing. There was no fear in him. There was no fear of the Lord in him at all. He didn't fear anything like that. I can't remember what it was he said. I think it was four days before he was found dead in his apartment of a heroin overdose. He said, live fast and die whenever. That's what he posted on his Facebook page. Live fast and die whenever. He didn't fear God because of what he had seen, what had went in his eyes. Guard your eyes. Protect them. It speaks of a controlled eye. Not only guard your sight, but also guide your steps as well. And this is a careful foot. What does it say here? I could spend so much more time on the controlled eye, but I feel like we have grasped that. So put away from thee a forward mouth or perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. But what else does it say here? It says, ponder the path of thy foot and let thy ways be established. What we see here is this, a careful foot. In Ephesians five fifteen, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. We're to guard our steps Keep your eyes on Jesus, folks. That's, that's a simple way to guide your steps. Sister Anderson, whenever i got my eyes on Jesus, I'm going to walk right. Amen. Yes, Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, if we, if we just keep our eyes focused on Him. But this is what happens to us. We look to the right and to the left. We look at, we look at all the problems. And Aren't you glad? Wasn't it a wonderful message the other night on, on, on seeing something besides the storm, seeing something besides the problems of your life? Can I just show you something just real quickly here? Uh, It says, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Looking, uh, that that, that, uh, says to continue, to keep on, to keep on every day, to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus moment by moment. Keep looking at Jesus. Don't let something take you astray. You know, you can do this. You can go outside in the the S-U-N, the great big sun, you can go outside and you can take your thumb, as small as it is and as large as the sun is, you can take your, your, your thumb and you can bring it to your eye and it can literally block out the sun. That's what our problems and our heartaches and our troubles will do sometimes when we get our eyes off Jesus and get our eyes on the circumstances. It can blot out the very S-U-N and the very S-O-N as well. You can do those both things. Let's move on. Not only guide your steps into careful foot, Let's look at this. I, let me give you an illustration about that walking circumspectly. I, I love this as an illustration. It, it, it's like a cat walking across the top of a fence with pit bulls on one side and Rockwallers on the other that need about two or three weeks. It's, you're going to make sure every step is just right. When you walk this, this life that is our life as a, as a born again child of God, you've got to watch where you go, watch where you step. There should be some places that you just don't go. That you stay away from. Amen. Another way to illustrate that is this. Me and uh, Brother Jonathan, well, God saw, he allowed us to go to a uh, missions trip in Honduras. And we went to a very bad uh, area. And, and all, the, all the homes had giant, huge fences around them with, with barbed wire and all that. And on the very top, Brother John, they had broken pieces of glass. Broken pieces of glass all on the top to kind of disparage anybody from going across the top as if the barbed wire was not enough. There's broken pieces of glass. But what was interesting is to see a cat walking across and placing his foot very carefully not to step onto that glass. That's like me and you. We're to watch out for those landmines that are in the world today, those things that can take us away, those things that can take away our heart. So we're to guide our steps. Isaiah, excuse me, Isaiah, excuse me. Let's look at this real quickly here. I want to look at ponder the path of thy foot. It's a, it's a planned walk, is what it is. We're to plan out our walk. But not only that, it says, and let all thy ways be established, it's a perfect walk. Let it be an established. Establish what you believe in, folks. Establish it. Be well indoctrinated in what the Word of God says, and it will perfect your walk. It needs to be a protected walk as well. Verse 27: Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Don't go toward evil, go away from evil. Let's look at these next ones and we'll try to be done. Psalm 119.59 says, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. So if we're to turn our feet to thy testimonies, go to Proverbs 4. What does it say here? We've looked at recognize the treasure. We've looked at prioritize the task, minimize the crash. But let's look at this one. How do we really truly guard our heart? We guard our heart by filling it with the word of God. We energize with the truth. Proverbs 4, verse 20, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ear unto my sayings. Psalm 119, verse 9, I love this verse. I quote this to myself so many times throughout the day. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways by taking heed thereunto according to thy word. Can I deal with that little statement there, taking heed thereunto according to thy word? You see, we hear the word of God continuously, don't we? We hear it all the time. We hear the word of God. There's a difference between hearing the Word of God and heeding the Word of God. There's a difference in just hearing the Word of God and actually doing the Word of God. In just having it memorized by principle or actually practicing it. You see, your doctrine ought to affect your duty. You ought to live it out. That's where the rubber really meets the road, folks, in this thing of guarding your heart. Do you practice? If you love me, keep my commandments. You know, with relationship comes responsibility. I say that again, I don't think that's sunk in. With relationship becomes responsibility. If you love me, relationship, keep my commandments, responsibility. With my relationship with my wife, there comes great responsibility. By the way, young men, great responsibility. Young ladies, great responsibility. This thing of marriage is not just something to go flippantly into. And by the way, you better be careful who you give your heart to, young folks. Just because they come from a good youth group and a good church doesn't mean they're right with God. The preacher, why are you even saying that? Because I've watched it with my own eyes. I've watched young ladies give their hearts to some seemingly good young man and watch him take her away from the house of God. And it can happen to you. Just because he has a chiseled jawline he might be six or seven foot tall and, 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 and lift weights and all that and may carry a King James Bible and go to a good church doesn't mean he's right with God. You better get a little bit further into him than that. Right. Learning about him, I guess, in prayer, prayer. Yeah. I could go on about that, but let me move on here. So how do we do this? We energize with the truth. You know, there's a difference between facts and truth. Facts provide information. Truth produces transformation. It's more than just taking in truth, folks. It's practicing it. And I wonder tonight, are we really practicing it like we should? Have we given our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? My son, give me thine heart. And then it goes on and keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. What about you? Let's bow our heads just for a moment. Maybe the Lord would have us stop there. I went two or three minutes over. I do apologize. I wanted to be respectful to time tonight but as you bow your head your heads tonight as our dear ladies come to play the instruments what about you have you been doing a good job of guarding your heart maybe tonight as our dear sisters start to play if you would let's stand to our feet just for a moment it will not be a long invitation just for a moment Brother Brian, will start singing here in a minute. But what about you? Maybe you say, preacher, tonight I've not been doing a very good job of guarding my heart. I've let things into my heart. I've, I've given my heart to, to things that aren't right. Maybe you'd like to come confess it before the Lord. Maybe you say, preacher, I, I believe I've been doing pretty good here lately. I, I've, I've tried to, to read and pray and do what's right and follow the Lord. But what I want to do is I just want to come down and just once again just say, Lord, here here is my heart. I want to give it to you afresh and new. It's yours. Do what you would with it. God bless your heart. Would there be others? Would there be others? Is thine heart right with God? Was there ever a time where you trusted the Lord Jesus Christ? Gave him your life fully. You can do that tonight. Tonight could be the night of salvation for you. Maybe a mama or daddy would like to grab their children and just gather around them and pray that God would secure them, guard them. What about you?